What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Uh. What is up, Terrence? We are still in the middle of our uh, web series shoot. Mm. Right, mm. we're going to be both on set later, but this morning we have a, a little bit of breathing room. Yeah. So how 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 are you, Terrence? Uh, surviving on on yeah, like less sleep than before, and then you add that add the the baby that I have to deal with as well. And that compounds things quite a bit, lah. Right. Yeah, and this one I must give kudos to Terence, because yesterday was Deeper Valley, and I wasn't yeah. on set, so yeah. uh, it was all down to our team. Actually, yeah, lah. I mean, for for this also, we do have a, a good team working on it. Yeah. But but today I'll be back on track. So yesterday was an example of racial harmony, lah. All the exactly non Indians all like all putting hands on deck because our Indian friend need to celebrate his festival, <laughs> right? <laughs> first of all, lah. First of all. The fact that the we had to settle on a date that was across Deepa Valley, huh? <laughs> never think about that basket. You all uh, like we organized something across Deepa Valley. Then when I take uh, off on Deepa Valley, it is my fault, is it? Hey, oh yeah. By the way, there's um something that was being discussed on set yesterday. Was it what we? Because Noah Yap was putting out Insta stories to celebrate the festival, uh, And then he yeah. said, should I say to my Indian friends or to my Hindu friends? And and uh, then then the other question, the follow up question I had, which was you can address is together is, uh, do I I know Diwali is for Northern Indian and Deepavali is for Southern Indian lah, right? So, given that you are uh, you know Cindy from North India and Northern Indian origin, so do I say yeah. Diwali to you or do I say Deepavali to you? First of all, I am not an expert. Okay, <laughs> this is because you're not the first person. You're like the fourth person to ask me that, man. Okay. Um, I think I grew up with the understanding that Diwali is for North Indians, Deepavali is South. Um, I, I think so. Uh, I think I uh, don't don't quote me on that. Uh, it was something I was supposed to Google yesterday, but of course I didn't get off my ass and to do it. So I don't know. No, don't but know. between you and your family, it's. Literally, we were talking about it yesterday because someone asked us when some one, one someone who came to visit asked, uh, and all of us were like, "Ah, uh, we think it's because of the North India South India thing." Uh, but we had no, we didn't come to a conclusion, Okay, but you so yeah. but you use Deepavali when you refer to it. Uh, actually, like I, I within my family is more Diwali. Oh, okay. But when people wish us and all, then it's Deepavali. Then yeah, la. I see, I see. So it's okay. almost interchangeable, la. Okay. Uh, then, then for we the, the second thing. About Indian friends or Hindus, I mean, I would say there are <clears throat> Indian people who, <clears throat> excuse me, celebrate Di- Di- Diwali who might mm. not be the biggest Hindus, uh, myself included. Mm. And I say biggest Hindus in the sense I was born Hindu. I would still consider myself Hindu, but am I like a very staunch evangelist uh, Hindu person? Uh, I would say no. Mm. But I think just, uh, yeah, because... Diwali, Diwali is kind of anchored in Indian culture, so just yeah. ask him like uh, Indian friends, uh. No, so so I mean, Hindu- my, my advice to him was, uh, I think it's the most probably the most the right thing to do. Just say to my brothers and se- and sisters celebrating Diwali, happy Diwali. <laughs> That's the safest, alright. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, just fuck all that. Just say happy Diwali, okay? Oh, okay, okay. Just say, just do that. Or to my to my friends, to my mm. friends celebrating happy Diwali. Mm, exactly. Ha- ha- yeah. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, I mean, yeah la, I guess there's no harm in that la. And if people get like triggered by that, then you know they're not your friends la. Yeah, exactly. But so I what mean, did he? What did? What did he end up? What did he end up doing? I don't know. You got to look on his Insta stories to find out. 
I know he showed he sent me a picture, a selfie of him showing me the finger, lah. So I don't know what yeah. what he put on Insta stories. <laughs> that one, that was a personal personal was, greeting. Yeah, that was just yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. Personal greeting from Noah Yap, who is starring in the show that we are shooting right now. Yeah, he worked with us on our previous uh, show. She's a terrorist, and I love her as well as countless uh, YouTube videos. So mm. the show will be coming out next year, and we will definitely let you guys know. Yeah. We'll yeah. plug it. We'll plug it to death la, when it comes out. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, we'll plug it to death. We're, we're just pluggers now. now. Mm. But speaking of plug, would mm. you like to do the honors, Terence? As as per every podcast, uh, if you feel that we have impacted your life in any little way, whether it's through something something that we shared or a personal anecdote or or even just discussions that you've had on the subreddit, which is an awesome place, please do share this with at least one person. Uh, you know, let them, let them, let them, don't, you don't need to tell them how awesome it is. Just share the link to the Spotify, you know, the, to open it on Spotify. And if they're boomers, then, uh, yeah, like, probably you have to play on their phone for them. Then download Spotify and then play on their phone for them. Yeah. The way you say impacted, like, has always some skills, future course like that. Yeah, if you give us 35 broad seconds. Joy, broad joy. Give us 35 seconds and of your time and we will change seconds. your life. <laughs> yeah, that joke will you will understand why that joke uh works uh for our second story today la. Um, mm. but just one thing you know you mentioned subreddit right now I think we're at eight hundred and nine. Mm. This is Sunday morning, yeah. uh fifteenth uh November. Yeah. Uh, it would be awesome if we could reach a thousand by the end of the year. But just what, saying. What, well, why 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 the numbers though? Why why do you think why why are you looking forward to that number specifically? No, because I think to me it's the the bigger the community the better because. Um, it just feels like as we've seen our Reddit grow, there is more discussions happening. Mm. Uh, there is more comments. There's more suggestions for topics. Yeah. And I think uh, being able to build a community where people can actually talk about tough things to talk about in a way that is civil and actually exchange opinions and yeah. maybe change their perspectives, I think it's fucking awesome. Uh. So the more people that can be part of it, the better. Uh. And that's a great segue because uh, what we try not to do is to gaslight people who who make comments on our subreddit and and then ta-da, it was a social experiment, gotcha, with that kind of thing. Actually, before that, what, what what is the term gaslight? I keep hearing it, I keep looking it up and I think I understand but I always get thrown off when I hear people say gaslight. It means uh, manipulating someone to thinking that they are crazy. So I, I used to think that it was a very recent term but a friend of mine alerted me that there was a literally, a apparently there's a, literally a movie called Gaslight which was uh, made many, I think in the 30s or 40s or something, where it's literally about a guy who um, is having an affair and he's trying to, I think he's trying to scare or drive his wife out of his home. And because last time lights in the house were controlled by central gas or something like that, so he would like, when after leaving the house, he would go in the basement and then like literally play with the lights, the gas, the amount of gas going to the lights in the house and made, make the uh, wife think that the place was haunted or something uh. So so oh. that's why gaslight specifically means to manipulate someone into thinking they're crazy. So it could be by it could be you know you gaslight your friend or your or even your 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 romantic partner by saying oh yeah I'm I'm not having an affair you're just imagining things you're crazy well, actually you are like you know then then that's that's but, like called gaslighting yeah. But does it have to be crazy or like if I if I try to convince you why my one stroke thing is fucking dope uh, and manipulate you into doing it. Is that gaslighting? Or no, gaslighting means no. that... Gaslighting is you make the person question their own judgment or sanity or something, you see? So it's... Yeah. You think about it, it's a, a person... It becomes almost a personal attack on the person, you see? 
like you are saying that you are crazy. That's why you are reacting like this. Normal people don't react to to things like this, you know. Mm. But I mean, it doesn't have to be. Basically, you're making people question themselves, lah. Right. That's correct, correct. Yeah. Whereas for, for me, when I show your one shook thing, I'm just making. I don't think you're crazy. I just think your one shook thing is just not great, lah. You know, it's not that shook. That's all. So, but so, that in that way, you are making me second guess my own judgment of what shook, right? Aren't no, you no, gaslighting? But I but I've seen you also recommend things that make me go wow also. So I'm just saying you're not meeting the high standards that you have set before. Or is all. this like <laughs> some super advanced level gaslighting where you're making me question my asking you whether you are gaslighting me? Because uh, that is yeah. fucked up. Yeah, yeah. That, that's like triple level gaslighting. Yeah, that's why. Uh, sure. But, we will take but, this offline. We will take yeah, this, we'll this offline. But it's not but me shooting on one show thing. I don't I wouldn't consider it that gaslighting. Yeah, I'm sure that's what a gaslighter would say, lah. <laughs> Okay, what I'm doing is not gaslighting. Yeah. Okay. By the way, anyway, 101. Yeah. Gaslighting 101. <laughs> the, the first topic, speaking of gaslighting in some way, mm. right? Uh, there was, there's the, what we're going to talk about is a recent, uh, air in, and I say in air quotes, social experiment by Calvin mm. Cheng, yes. who is a, a vocal com, uh, social and political commentator in Singapore. Mm. Uh, and he comment, comments mainly via his Facebook page. Yep. Um, and I think what I know from his history is that he used to be a nominated member of parliament. Mm. Um, he is quite successful in the private, uh, uh, in, in the private, private, private industry. I think yep. private sector, yeah. He has his own company or companies uh, yep. op- that operates out of China and he's well-to-do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he... It's quite, uh, I mean, his Facebook posts can be quite polarizing, mm. uh, but, w- but what we wanted to talk about today was a series of posts he made over the past few days, which he unveiled in his most recent post to be a social experiment. La. Correct. So, yeah. so would you like to, to give the context of those posts? Uh, I think it started with, uh, uh, he took a screenshot of J- something that Jameis Lim posted. Uh, basically, Jameis Lim posted a, a picture of some very nice uh, artisanal bread, la. That apparently, I think, you do you have it in front Panatone. of you? Panatone, yeah. Panatone, yeah. And and it was also very nicely shot using, I guess, using a smartphone or something. And uh, there was a little latte, a, like cafe, a coffee cup in the background with a nice latte in it. And uh, Jameis was basically just talking about the, I guess, the tradition of eating a, 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 this special kind of bread during the Christmas or Jewish holidays or something, right? If I'm not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can actually see the. You can look look at the post itself, like, on, on James's page. If I'm if I'm not wrong, you don't have the post in front of you. I don't because I'm using my phone to have to see your face, like, That's all. Like. <laughs> no choice. Like. The time you say, "Hey, can see must see face," like, even if we're not video recording, must see face. Yeah, okay lah, <laughs> more pain. And then, hey, face to face conversation helps, right? Yeah, and then Ask it. just just FYI, also I've also lent my laptop, or at least our company laptop is also in Harish's hands, so. <laughs> I have my iMac which I have to <laughs> go and like sit in some corner to use. So I don't I don't really have anything in front of me now, lah. Yeah. Okay la, then say <laughs> la ask you for context because I have it in front of me. So I will I will do the honors. Okay. okay. Yeah. So so James Lim was talking about yeah, the panettone, which is an Italian sweet bread enjoyed during Christmas and the New Year and commonly found across Latin America. La. And <clears throat> then he goes on to talk about how it reminded him of the traditions that we hold here, like bonding with family, catching up with friends, reflecting on the year. This has been a difficult year for many of us, uh, for many, including himself. But he is always mindful of silver linings behind all the challenges, much like the sweet little pieces of candied fruit that are interspersed throughout this special bread. Mm-hmm. That's that's what he shared. Lah. Um, and I mean, if you don't know who Jameis Lim is, uh, he is uh, one of the more 
well-known uh, team members of the Workers' Party uh, in GRC in Sengkang. The main opposition be- party in Singapore. Yeah, the main yeah. opposition party. And he became like a celebrity politician during the elections because he's... He was very articulate during his debate yep. uh, with Vivian Balakrishnan, and he's quite he's quite uh, social media savvy, like. Yep. So, uh, yeah, he posted that, and then Kelvin Cheng posted something on thirteenth November, shortly after midnight, just kind of saying that okay, a workers' party celebrity MP mm. shares with his fans the joys of Italian sweet bread panettone and a designer espresso shot with his latest iPhone twelve. Mm. Uh, I don't think Jameis said anything about uh, an iPhone twelve. But yeah. it's just like what Terence said, a smartphone. Like. And then the 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 he, Kelvin kind of like summarizes his post, okay, a well-deserved treat after his tireless fighting for the proletariat. Mm. And proletariat is basically referring to the working class. Like. Mm. So then Kelvin goes on to say, I'm looking forward to his own kayatos and kopi siutai tomorrow morning. Good night to all you bourgeois, 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 bourgeois folk. Yep. Fuck bourgeois. Yeah. So so that was the first post la. Mm-hmm. And and when how do you see it? Did you see it organically or someone shared it or or what? Uh someone shared and uh, commenting on it la. Shared comment mm. and, and yeah, it's a mutual friend of ours, very okay. well known okay. in the literary so, so field. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, so so maybe like okay, so that was the first post. Yep. Um and then the next the next morning, um he kind of just shared a definition of what a champagne socialist is la. Mm. Um it's basically a person who espouses socialist ideals while enjoying while enjoying a wealthy and luxurious lifestyle. Mm. I don't know where the definition is, but from what I know, yeah, like it, it it's it's something like that, lah. Mm. Then later on in the day, he shared another screenshot uh, of a post done by Raisha Khan, who is another politician from uh, Sengkang GRC for Workers Party. Mm. Uh, she also became very well known during the GE uh, because of. She's, I think, the youngest candidate. Um, she's a minority, mm. and she also got into some sort of uh, drama with Siashrela mm. uh, about some of her historical tweets. So Kelvin's post was so so. Raisha Khan posted something about how she's celebrating her birthday. She's twenty seven. It was the hardest year of her life, but it was a rewarding mm. year, and she can't wait to see what things are in store. What life has in store for her to yep. celebrate? She spent time with family, both at home and in Compassvale. What a blessing mm. it is to have an ever-growing family in, in her life. Then she shared a few photos of her enjoying a dinner and then some with uh, who I assume are the volunteer team who helps mm. the Workers' Party in Sengkang. Mm. So Kelvin Cheng posted, Happy birthday to Sengkang MP Raisha Khan. It's wonderful that she got to spend her birthday among the heartlanders in Compassvale as well as a three-story bungalow home in Yunus. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that also got a bit of traction. And the big unveiling came at the end of uh, on 14th November where Kelvin Cheng basically said those two posts were a social experiment. Yeah. And that they were tongue-in-cheek and part of a series. Which, which uh, I mean, is a mechanic that we ourselves have done. You know, mm-hmm. post two videos and then one video uh, to kind of poke fun at the previous two videos and the series. La. But what do you what do you think about, about this? Uh? uh Firstly, yeah, the I thought so. The bread is called panettone. I thought panettone was like the color palette. The color, right? The, no, the color palette that like designers used to like reference. Like it's like a specific, um, a specific catalog of colors. That's la. that's what that's what I also thought. I also yeah. thought. Uh, but the fact is, the panettone is the bread. The pantone is the color. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Just in case we yeah. pronounce wrongly and then we sound like idiots too. Like yeah, if you were listening, you're like, what the fuck are these two boomers talking about? Uh? Pantone is not an Italian bread. 
Yeah, yeah either, it isn't. It's the color. Either you insult all the bread makers of the world, or the all the color, all the designers of the world. No, were you going to say all the colored people? No, no, I said color, <laughs> color uh, people who rely enthusiasts. on enthusiasts. Color, color enthusiasts. for their living. Color yeah. enthusiasts. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah correct, so it's correct. Pantone and Panatone. Yeah. No, yes. I mean the 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 what the I I don't know, man. Like uh, the the points that he made in his final post were. Kind of like self-contradictory lah. Okay, maybe I, I maybe you think. can go through the points because I haven't actually gone through. I went through the posts. Maybe you can lay the the give the the people the summary of the pointers. Lah. Or you need me to do it because you are on your phone and you are just staring at my face. Okay, no, no, but but just okay. Let's say go just going back to the first post where he made about Jamers and all that, right? I think, yeah. Um, yeah, just someone just taking a picture of nice bread and. A nice coffee that he's seen elsewhere. We don't even know if that was taken by him or he just took a picture off the internet or something and just wanted mm. to bring up interesting fact. La. To merely paint it as like, oh, you know, he shot this on his iPhone 12, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you're just basically jumping into a lot of uh, baseless conclusions about, about the photo and the person and the what's behind it. La. It's not like Jameis had his face in the photo or anything, right? So mm. you don't know where it, come, where it came from. It could just be snatched off the internet or whatever, la. And um, mm. so using that as a means to say, oh yeah, look at this, look at this guy he's so rich and he's so privileged to know Italian words and shit like that. That's kind of stupid because I mean, people do go on the internet all the time and just use photos and put them in presentations and put them in PowerPoints and stuff like that, right? So mm. th- I thought that was damn silly. And then the next thing that irritated me was like, oh, let me then let me go and get my copici, my copicio tie and all that. And I'm like, just because you have just because you eat kaya toast and, and drink kopi, you know, doesn't make you like uh, any more a man of the people. The man, uh. I would <laughs> love for Kevin Cheng to also just come out and say like where his, you know, like how many properties he owns or anything like that. You know, cause then, I mean, yeah, like, if you're eating kaya toast in Sentosa Cove, does that make you a man of the people any more than James Slim using he does, iPhone? He, yeah, he does hold, uh, live in a property of that. Of that oh, uh, is it? How do you know? Uh, just based on the comments. Oh, so so it's not something that we are doxing or anything. It's yeah, yeah, we're, it's we're, entirely in, on the internet, lah. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's okay. on the internet. It's on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so yeah, I guess I guess if he lives in such nice property, you know, eating kaya toast there, I mean, it's I mean, it's no different from someone using a, a golden iPhone twelve to take photo of of artisanal bread, lah, right? Yeah, but I mean, if you look at the comments, I think a lot of people. Okay, the the reason why um I think it it is polarizing in Singapore because one of the biggest strategies of the PAP during the election was to mm. to get all their candidates to talk about their humble beginnings, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there was that meme, right? They're always talking about how they grew up yep. uh, chasing chickens or some kampong or yeah. something, yeah. and it was so fucking out there that um it became it became a bit comedic la. like yeah. everyone started with that you know when I was living in a HDB which which could all be true stories but it's just seeing it in totality was a bit overwhelming and almost it felt like detrimental to the campaign la. so mm. I think there's a sentiment that already was there like I have all this PAP which uh, there is a sentiment that the PAP is out of touch with the common man mm. so right when they start with the humble beginnings it just makes the whole juxtaposition more apparent yep. so I think Looking at the comments on his page of his supporters, mm. they were kind of like uh, agreeing with him, like because the Workers Party has always been a champion of the people, right? You know, yep. they are the ones pushing for minimum wage yep. uh, and for more, almost wouldn't say full socialist, but 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 kind of sacrificing a bit of economic gain for mm-hmm. taking care of the people, like, which is what Jameis himself said. So 
the fact that uh he's fighting for the the middle lower class and enjoying this bread was something that a lot of Kelvin's followers kind of said, yeah, that's what a fucking hypocrite and all that. Mm. Right. But but I mean like I also look at it like then are you saying then it's the same old mentality, right? That because you are fighting for the or doing a noble thing means you can't not say not even say enjoy, have possessions that are not stereotypical of that yeah. that demographic. Yeah. Which is weird lah. Uh because and the first thing that makes me think about it is like, you know, non profits. Mm. Uh if you are a non if you run a non profit and you are earning a lot as a CEO, mm. there's no way people will accept that. Lah. Mm. Because in their mind, it's like, if you are fighting for a non-profit cause, you need to, you cannot enjoy some uh, yeah. wealth almost, right? Yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's a very big philosophical discussion. I remember back in school, like reading about Peter Singer and, you know, ethics and, and things like that about, like, if you really want to live a good life, doesn't mean that you need to live uh, a life devoid of material possessions and all, of course, everything that you buy, every consumer good that you use, would somehow uh, it could have been given to somebody who's starving in Africa or, or who's starving in any third world country or something like that, lah, right? So, yeah. so does that make you an asshole just for owning that that particular consumer good? And in the likewise, also, it's like you know, do does eating meat, for example, make you terrible because you know, as you've taken a life and stuff like that, lah. So so mm. these are all very big philosophical questions and and then uh yeah the, the, I think the main thing that was very I felt was kind of distasteful about his whole thing was I mean we see we see in the US like right, you know, like Trump, the ex president or the soon to be ex president of the US, using yeah. uh, you know, stoking fires in in the within people over class class uh issues and 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 things like that what draining the swamp in Washington the elites and mm. all this kind of thing and using that to basically fulfill his own personal agenda of of being the most powerful person in the world uh. and now you see like he's when he's in now that he's he's lost the election in a, almost fairly and squarely he's retreated into his bunker and like refuses to even tackle tackle the fact that COVID is killing the country and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, what I'm saying is that there's this, it's just, this reeks of like, you know, trying to stoke class, class warfare between people and trying to point out like, um, things about, uh, things about people that, I mean, like, yeah, like if, if Jim Slim likes the iPhone 12, buy the iPhone 12. I mean, he's worked hard for it his whole life. He's got savings. If he wasn't a politician, mm. he'd be making money outside as something else. You know, and then now he's a politician and, and he's still, I mean, he's he likes his own things. Like he likes his material trappings. I don't expect him to live like a peasant or anything like that. You that, that, That's not what you want of your leaders either, right? That's why, that's what Kevin Ching is trying to say also. Uh, they, you shouldn't be expecting of your leaders to all be like, to, to be like peasants and, and everything. And so that, it's kind of ironic that he's, he's pointing out all these things that, and uh, they're not even like facts or what. Uh, that's why, it's a, I feel the Jameis Lim one is one level below the Raisha Khan one, right? Mm. Mm. Which is... Which, one, one level. Because uh, the Jameis Lim one, he's making so many uh, projections about Jameis, you know, about what phone he's using, about him actually eating the bread, about the the latte in the background and whether this photo is even taken by Jameis. The Raisha Khan one, he actually takes uh, screenshots of photos that Raisha Khan took over the holidays with her friends, with her family, with her in her GRC and things like that. And you know he's really examining the background and pointing out, oh, she's living in a in a very nice um, landed property as as opposed to a HDB and blah blah things like that. Yeah. 
So 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 that's why I feel is a slightly different level. But what do you think of the Raisha Khan pose? Unless you have more thoughts about the Jameis one. I mean, I think I think in the the before I mean if I share my thoughts, I think it's worth now maybe talking about what Kelvin Singh point of of his mm. uh, social experiment was la. Yeah. Because he posted something and he basically said that um yeah, he did it tongue in cheek and he wanted to gather the reactions before he explained what he was doing. Mm. And what he was getting at, um, and correct me if, if I'm misinterpreting it, is basically saying that for the PAP, uh, the people who clawed their way out of like um, maybe lower income families to reach the higher levels of um, the, the political sphere and who mm. are by all accounts successful on paper are almost pressured to hide it, mm. right? Because there was a case where Tin Peiling, I think uh, like five years ago, she was walk- walking around with a Kate Spade bag and people shat on her saying, how can you be a politician fighting for the people and having a Kate Spade bag? So Actually, it feels like that. But uh, you know, there's a mischaracterization of what, what people are making fun of Tin Peiling for. I think it was more the fact that that uh, during an election, she brought out a Kate Spade bag and was talking about it as a very prized possession. And it's, mm. not, it's not about the cost of Kate Spade bag because... To be honest, Kate Spade also is not like the, the highest end kind of uh bag or so right? Um it's not it's not a Chanel or a Hermes or anything like that. So people I don't think they were talking about price so much. They were just talking about the way someone uh, if I remember correctly, la, my perception of it was that they were talking about how uh how young she was, that she the way she talks about fashion and everything. Like she still obviously it's still a very big part of, of her day to day what she thinks about that, right? And and mm. less less about the cost of the bag itself and that oh you know like normal people can't afford Kate Spade bags and stuff like that. So I think he's also stretching the truth a little bit when he's talking about something that happened about nine years ago like, before social media became what it is today like. But, no, but, I think I think Kate Spade Kate Spade the last time it was the the thing that stuck out was okay like as much as you say Kate mm. Spade bag is not the most expensive. Yeah. I think if you didn't know better, like me, I'm not uh, the most clued in yeah. on handbags, there is that element of, okay, this is an expensive handbag and she's walking around with it. And even if you Google Tin Peiling, Kate Spade, that it might be, it. I mean, I guess anything that goes on social media, people like will grasp onto the things that are the most superficial. Uh-huh. And that, that element seems to be the, the thing that's stuck. No, so that you're saying that's what, when 2011, that's what you were thinking. No, that's what I remember people talking about. Oh no, I totally don't remember that at all. Eh. My perception of it is entirely from her, of her being like, not being very good interviews, sounding very childish and just like talking about her handbag. Lah. That was yeah, not, so not, the, not, materialism, not was, the materialism aspect. Lah. Yeah, but it's not about the, what he's saying now about people shitting on her for owning a Kate Spade handbag, you see. I think people are shitting on her because she she sounded childish and rather than that because she was materialistic. Lah. I think there was a bit of both. I mean, the, yeah. so, the, the, I mean what, okay, so, what I'm saying is, but the, the truth is, Kate Spade is not the, that level of I know, material, I know, of, of I know, so but, but, I think but, we, we got to also just be very, like, he, because he's, if what I'm, what I'm hearing is that he's picking and choosing whatever suits yeah. the argument for this case. And I feel that there was a bit of a mischaracterization of what happened with the whole Tim Peling saga. Because the Tim Peling saga no, is I'm really seeing, about seeing. her age, about her in um about her immaturity at that point in time rather than about the materialism aspect of the handbag, you see. 
I think I think there was that element of materialism there. It might not have been the at the forefront, but it was there. And and no, but it's not, it wasn't at the not, forefront exactly. That's my point. That's why it's very because he is doing exactly what you are doing right now. You see, is that you are? I'm referring saying, to what he posted. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm yeah. saying that what he is doing is is being very selective about about what the incident was about, and then using that to buffer his argument, which is. Which to me is like it's not valid, lah. You know that the no, the Tim Paling thing hello, was really hello, about hello. the maturity and not hello. about the handbag. What I'm doing is going through his points first, which yeah, is yeah. what I was going to rebut, which is along the lines oh. of what you are saying right okay, now. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, let yeah. Finish, let finish, let finish. I have to I have to talk about his points first before I can rebut, what? No, no, but but because I said that, oh, I think it's a mischaracterization that thing. So then, but you said that, but there, it was the element of it. But I'm like. Okay. Okay. Anyway, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still I still stand by the fact that there was that element there, but no, right but now where I'm tiny, at, it was such a tiny element of it, like it was such a tiny. But okay, anyway, finish your point first. Finish yeah, your point so first. so literally, finish. the 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 paragraph that that I'm talking about for Kelvin Cheng is where yeah. he's pointing out that that is what the perception of these PAP candidates are, which mm. I disagree with. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So so basically, he is saying that uh, and I quote. Okay, this is what he posted. The PAP. Uh, probably remember how Miss Tin Peiling was jeered at for having the audacity to like Kate Spade bags, which is playing on that theme, lah, right? Which is what you're saying that wasn't at the forefront of it wasn't the, forefront, the drama yeah. there. But I'm saying this is what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, he talks about um, yeah, lah, the fact that that the PAP candidates seem to have to downplay their humble beginnings, while okay. opposition candidates who are fighting for the people with humble beginnings are kind of um, accepted. Even though they come from the upper class, which yep. I think is total bullshit, lah. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was what I was going through his points, <laughs> um, before I could give my thoughts on what you last asked me, lah. But okay. what I feel about the Raisha Khan thing. Oh, okay, okay. So <laughs> get it, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so then after that, yeah, like, he was pointing out that 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 uh, of how that is a uh, is not fair, lah. But mm. then, uh, like 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 what you also just said. To, yep. to me, him doing that is kind of, yeah lah, It's it's exactly painting a broad brushstroke across mm. the few few aspects of a certain person's character and putting it across their entire value or belief system mm. And it's mm. kind of saying that yeah, just because you are fighting for the 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 working class means you need to also have come from the working class and be part of the working class now. Which to me is like if if you come from the wealthy or elite status, but you're doing fucking amazing stuff for the working class. Mm. To me, that's a good thing, lah. Yeah. And it shouldn't rule you out from being able to fight for the working class. Yeah, because that's that's. I mean, in the way, in the sense, it's classist in itself, right? That just because. Yeah. I mean, you you don't choose where you're born, where where you where you're born, or how what kind of conditions you're born into something. But if in your life you've you've been taught or brought up a certain way to. To, you know, be empathetic towards others' plights and also try and, you know, seek fairness and justice where you can. I don't think people should be shitting on you for that, lah. In fact, they should they should celebrate that, lah, right? Yeah, and in some way, it's kind of going into the territory of, you know, when uh, when you're uh, not of a minority race but yeah. fighting for minorities, yeah. people will be like, fuck you, you know, don't talk about this because you're not a minority. Granted, yeah. you have more control 
no matter how little over your economic status compared yep. to your race, yep, yep. but it feels like it's the same fucking thing like where if you're not part from the demogra- part of the demographic that you're fighting for or talking about, you cannot, which is absolute bullshit. Yeah. And another thing I want to point out about Kevin Ching when I say that he's being selective with his arguments or so is that um, people, I don't think people set out uh, at the very start of the elections to seeing the new candidates. I mean, I mean obviously there will be some people who do, but Broadly speaking, you know, people didn't set out to, to start shitting on them straight away, like, right? Yeah, is that yeah. they came in with a strategy of of they must highlight what humble background they came from. And when every single one of them was doing it and and there is there are literally super cuts of this that you can find on the internet, like, right? Where, where yeah. they, they put together all these people saying how humble how humble their backgrounds were, how they came from poor family and all that kind of thing. Then it yeah. became very jarring for people. And then that's when people started digging deeper into like the the real humble beginnings of this of these candidates. Lah. Because yeah. also it's a in some sense it's people responding to what what the PAP chose to focus on in introducing the new candidates to people. So 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 yeah. to just say that people were just shitting on them because uh shitting on them because their backgrounds were were not uh even though they come from humble backgrounds and stuff like that. It's a bit uh yeah like again mischaracterization of what actually happened. Lah. Yeah, I think people were shitting more on their strategy than the backgrounds of the candidates. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, because, yeah, it really felt like a cookie-cutter thing. So, so this one, it just felt like... I mean, he talks about being a political commentator and all where he wants to... He literally says that, uh, for those who come to my page full of bile and hatred, I hope your minds will open. Mm-hmm. Uh, as though he's some messiah of like political uh, analyst... Uh, analy- and, and, and a, like, analysis, uh, and, and analysis. analysis yeah. yeah but it just feels like I mean I don't know some of his posts admittedly in the past he has made, made me have made me think yeah. which is why I still follow him which is why I still check out his posts and which is why I read the comments but this one I feel like it's doing a lot less than he thinks it is doing like. yeah and it to do it's a classic thing like, you know what I mean we were we were all part of it at one point you know those last time when the YouTube pranksters they would do something or say something really nasty, and then a lot of people will call them out for it, and then when they get yeah. called out, then they turn around and say, "Oh, it was just a social experiment, just it's to just see how prank. people react." It's just a prank, dude. It's just a prank. I just want to see how. Prank. Yeah, I just want to test how people would react to this kind of post, you know. So, if anything, probably like you know, the, realizing that being having been a former member of the Media Literacy Council, and you know that that is against cyberbullying and stuff like that. They realize it. Oh shit! I I got one foot in the mud already. Let me just sink my other foot in, and then after that, after that, uh, say that. Oh, you know, I deli- I did this deliberately to test how how fast I could sink the so, quicksand. You so know? you think you think it was you think it was a backtrack uh, as opposed to a planned thing? Yeah la, I mean it's def- I mean everyone they he wants to make it sound like planned, but I mean his one 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 thing that our our friend Joshua Yip did know that he now has uh he he reacts to criticisms. Uh, with much less bile than before. Now he just says, thank you for being a fan, you know, sarcastically. sarcastically. And I guess that's also a way of like uh, not having to address uh, any valid kind of, um, you know, criticisms of, of his post, la, right? Yeah. Just, just reacting with sarcasm and saying, oh, you know, I'm just a, I'm just testing people this social experiment. I mean, this is classic, this is classic what uh, this kind of pranksters or social experimenters used to do, la, right? Mm. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't, put it past him to have thought about this. So I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm. But like what you said, he literally does say that he he ha- he's realizing who are his true fans and who are just uh, haters 
uh, and replying with what you say, like, thank you for being a fan, which yeah. I think is, it just feels like this guy, I would still recommend people go check out his post so you can yeah. make your own opinion and, and judgment of it. Um, but it just feels like uh, it's one of those things that is stoking, stoking polarization. Mm-hmm. And you know, like a lot of his posts, he actually buys ads behind them. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is the first time I've seen someone put ads behind their text posts. Yeah. Um, he's a public figure, I guess. Uh, I mean, he has the blue tick on Facebook, so yeah, yeah, yeah. he has that layer of legitimacy. But yeah, yeah, he puts ads behind his thoughts, basically. Yeah. And I just want to point out, like, although just now I was, I was making a very strong point about Tin Pei Ling, uh, I, I, yeah. but it's because, uh, to me, it's because of what happened in 2011 of people people talking about him, her immaturity and, and her obsession with handbags. That's why the change is even more stuck today. Like when you go to McPherson, and you see that you know she's like in a single, it's a single member constituency, but she mm. she won with a huge uh, percentage and everything, and and basically she has uh, championed herself as you know, uh, she'll she'll take up um, causes the causes for mothers, you know, like uh, young families and and fight for them and things like that, and and I think she's become very popular over the last eight to ten years. Uh, and, yeah. and so she's really remade her whole, her whole image. She's no longer seen as this young girl who's stomping her ground. Her feet can't answer questions or showing off her, her handbag and stuff like that. So so I actually, um, when I see this redem- so-called redemption story, I actually feel that is the story like, of, of Tin Pei Ling. And it's not about people shitting on her for buying a handbag or stuff like that. Like. That's, which is, I think is a totally different thing from, from what people are shitting on, uh, like like what he's shitting on Jameis Lim for right now, like, you know? Yeah. But I mean, uh, if that did happen, then mm. that still happened. Like. And all I was saying was that it happened at that point in time. I also respect how she has changed and how, uh, yeah, hearing her in the last election, she seemed pretty damn legit. Like. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no, there's no, yeah. there's no right answer for this. Maybe yeah. there was like one commenter on EDMW who said, "Oh, you know what? Well, I can buy case way back," and then, so I can't. I can't say. I just try to recall as much as pro- pro- possible the totality of what Tin Feeling's image was in twenty eleven versus yeah. today, lah. And 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 just understand that people don't bring up the case way thing as a as a money thing. They bring it up as a immaturity thing, lah. That was, that so that's where I, that's where I will politely uh, disagree, and maybe we should both spend some time googling after this to understand the context of what we are saying. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I do I do remember it being part of the the criticism, like, Whether it's justified or not, whether it's justified or not, I don't know. But, but has that, but has that been brought up any time recently about the Kate Spade back about the about her um, uh, the fact that she's out of touch because of Kate Spade or anything? I don't think in the recent election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying what happened back then. Yeah, la, yeah, la. so I'm saying yeah, there, there might be one post in EDMW. La. Okay, okay, no, okay. Why don't you, okay, go find, you, you go and find that one post? Saying, you go and find no, that one post, you then saying, we'll come back again. But yeah. you saying one post on ED, EDMW is really kind of delegitimizing my yeah, but argument I know, because but EDM... As we know from Trump, you can repeat a falsehood as many times as possible and eventually people will think it's true. So politely disagreeing and keep insisting that it was... It's also a way to gaslight your the the people into thinking that hey maybe there was maybe there was you see so that's why I'm like I'm like okay wait must must be very careful about this cannot give every every opinion uh, the same weightage that you would give based on just just because someone politely disagrees or so lah that's what I'm saying <laughs> yeah but <laughs> but I mean then then if I if I if I disagree then then what I mean I guess we we. We do disagree on on mm. uh that, 
Yeah. So I can't just not no, say no, that. No, uh, then I'll say, let's reach out to our sub- fantastic subreddit. Yeah, sure. Know, if you if you were around <laughs> in 2011 and you do remember those incidents, how much of it was was about the the value or cost of a kid's feedback versus sure versus sure. like the immaturity of the candidate Yeah, it would be great. Even if it's just your opinion of your memory of the thing, I think that's valuable as well. If yeah, I'm proven wrong, if, I, if I'm proven wrong, then then I'll, I'll be very happy also lah. Because okay, last thing sure. I want is like, I've, let's Google them that it comes back is really just one post from EDMW. And then we have to, and then, and then I'll be like, what the hell, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, let's but until that happens, yeah, 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 yeah. let's put it out there and 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 make a call for for people's thoughts on what they remember. <laughs> la. Yeah, we're doing this for Tim Peling uh, to to protect Tim Peling's image. I think that Tim Peling was never part of this whole class warfare kind of uh, talk, lah. That's what I'm, that's that's where I'm coming from. That's your yeah, theory, yeah. Yeah, Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. cool. I respect that, mm-hmm. and then we shall see. Yeah. But yeah, but the I guess what we can both agree on yeah. is that class warfare is a fucking terrible thing to do, like especially if you're a public figure. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean Kevin Ching, he was like in the media literacy council and all that that was that advocated uh was anti cyberbullying. So I mean I see this kind of thing is is really if anything, yeah, it's 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 tasteless at, at best and in some form of cyberbullying uh, at worst, uh, right? And I mean, it's it's going against the exact thing that we want from our politicians, right? Debating policy as opposed to your fucking, like, what you do on a holiday and shit like yeah. that. Uh. Or if right, you buy iPhone 12 mini, personal, yeah. iPhone 12 mini or iPhone 12 Pro Max, then also also got difference, right? Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, that this is just like going back to what I was saying about the whole... Uh, issue with the non-profit world which based on my experience working with non, uh, non-NGOs and non-profits there's this mindset generally that if you are working for a noble cause uh, if you are a leader of a non-profit that's doing a fucking great uh, job you getting paid like commercial rates for the same position will or pri- uh, private sector rates will be a no-go mm. um, of mm. course to a certain extreme you get people like Titi Durai who was um, had his own backlash when he was cha- uh, head of NKF but um, there, there's a bunch of stories. Uh, there's one book that was written. I've been trying to remember the name about this one guy who ran a non-profit that was fucking successful at doing fundraising uh, for causes. But because he paid his staff private sector rates, um, I think that got leaked and in the end he had to close his non-profit. Uh, I swear I would, there's, a, there's a book about it. I'll put it in the show notes. It's un-bang, un-something, something, something. But, but that whole thing um, is a very prevalent thing and I think it's, it's an unfortunate uh, per, uh, perspective that people sometimes take, lah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we we are coming to the end of the Trump era in the US, so we're hoping that you know, like the other politicians around the world, also can take a cue and realize that yeah, you there's only that 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 yeah, there's there is that much that you can take this this level of like personal attacks and everything to people before they get a little irritated and pissed off with you, lah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Uh cool. okay, so now it is the second second topic, which yeah. in some way is is related about uh in the sense that it's attacking or kind of putting a broad stroke on people. Uh, uh that was a pretty good segue. Okay. Broad yeah. strokes. Okay, can can broad strokes. Yeah. So this is uh in relation to uh you, uh, up and coming YouTuber who's part of the, like the new Singapore YouTube wave, mm. where who does reaction videos la. Yeah. Um, and his name is Rishi. Mm. Uh, he has a YouTube channel, Rishi, and 
he two days ago he started a, a crowdfunding campaign to help him with l- legal fees as he fights a cease and desist letter issued yeah. to him by a company that he made a video about lah. Yeah, and and he made a video about a month ago called "Exposing Singapore Marketing Gurus," where he just basically took a deep dive into, uh, the causes offered by you know those fucking YouTube pre-roll ads where people talk about you know give me thirty seconds and I'll change your life and these all these courses you pay two thousand dollars that guarantee you passive income and all this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did a video on on a company, uh, and a few uh, subsequent videos after that where he he looked at another company he uh, that was focused on real estate. He got real real estate agents. Then uh, some fans called him out and reacted him reacted to his videos. And then two, I think a week ago, he got issued a cease and desist letter mm. um, by the first company he talked about, which is Leap Vista. Mm. Um, and yeah, he's deciding to fight them. So he raised a crowdfunding campaign and he's raised, I think about 20K in 48 hours already. Oh, is it 20K already? Uh? Yeah, 20K. Oh, shit. Wow. I think he had a goal of 15K, but he has raised 20K. Mm-hmm. So so we just wanted to talk about it because, uh, I mean, we have seen this sort of stuff happen in, in the West. I mm. don't know if this has happened in Singapore before where a video done by a YouTuber catches wind of a company that decides to sue him or her. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, okay. So, so what, do you, what, what, what do you think of it when you first heard about it? Uh, I mean, when I first heard about it, I've always wondered, la, like, these sort of um, ads that you see, how how effective is it? Like, how, is it really just uh, a, 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 a false uh, promise Mm. Or is it being oversold, or is there any legitimacy to these sort of courses, la? Yeah, I think. Um, so, but the bro- yeah. broadly speaking, what are these? Uh, what are these videos and what are these courses that they're doing? And do you know? I know the one that uh, what he deep dive into for Leap Vista was talking about the concept of drop shipping, mm. I believe, mm-hmm. uh, where you make use of entities like Amazon who take care of like your. The, the shipment and mm. and just uh, setting up the whole e-commerce chain and all you do is decide which product to mm. to buy you source for it and then you just plug it into that whole consumption chain yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. all the way from sourcing to the de- delivery so you don't even need to hold any real inventory okay so I think that was it the 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 i quadrant is is some sort of um real estate uh related kind of program where I think they offer you the chance to buy real estate properties at like minimum to no cash outflow initially. Mm, mm, yeah. And they, they the the one common thing is that you have to sign up for a course and physically go there and listen to them talk. Yeah. So I think yeah broadly yeah broadly speaking that I think the the I quadrant one is about uh investing in real estate, typically industrial properties la, with mm, very mm-hmm. high uh high yields in the sense that uh that, that, that there's uh there's always occupancy in the building. Then investing mm. that with a with a very high percentage of uh of a bank loan, eighty to ninety percent. So you mm. put very little money up front and um you hope to immediately be able to rent out the unit and start to use it to service your your payment your mortgage payment and everything. La. And um, yeah. and and if you don't have enough money for that initial outlay, uh what they also would try to push you towards is to is to take on the risk together with other investors, so called trainees or investors in the course la. you pull your money mm. together and then you do it together and then after that you share the profits together la. so yeah that, that, what I, that's why i understand of their property uh marketing um their property marketing uh spiel 
and then uh, for the Amazon dropshipping one, yeah, also uh, something that it was something that was very hot. I think in the last five to ten years, and and you, you can find a lot of information about it in the US, where basically you spend a lot of time doing market research about uh you know products that are very uh they are in a sweet spot of 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 sales. Right? That means they are very um they are popular, but there are very few like brands actually established brands in that, that space and uh, it's within a certain price range that people buy casually like some say below $50 like you, you don't think very long before you, you purchase these things then, then mm. after that you you all you do is you tag on uh, branding and, and your marketing onto it uh, and then you either then you go through AliExpress or one of these like uh, suppliers in China and then Amazon handles the shipping the the returns and, and, and even the customer service to some extent for you. And and then yeah. all you need to focus on is the selling part of it, the marketing and the selling part of things. And um, after taking away all the fees that Amazon collects and all, you can still, if you if your product sells well, you can still end up with a pretty healthy profit margin. La. So so mm. the I guess the common thing between the, all these schemes is that they are, they you have to spend some money, then they will teach you how to do these things. La. And, yeah. and a lot of them, yeah, they are teaching courses, and and you have to pay for these courses. That's why the videos are very like, uh, you know, bite sized. Like, try to entice you with like, do you want to do you want to retire early? Do you want to have a, a nice car? Do you want to have a nicer lifestyle or and things like that, lor? So 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 mm. it's, and and then you have to spend like I think in the realm of two to three thousand dollars to attend these courses, uh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and uh, on the GoFundMe page, you can see the cease and desist letter that has been issued by the mm. lawyers. And um, just to quote some of the statements is, our client reasonably believes that you did defame it and infringe its copyright. So what they were, I believe, asking is for the videos to be taken down. Yeah. Rishi himself does say that they are not uh, asking for any cash amounts from him. Mm. Um, and all he wants to do is fight the case and not settle to their demands like, because mm-hmm. his belief I think is that that these these ads and courses make a lot of bold claims mm. um, and based on the responses that he has gotten on his videos uh, the, the comments and private emails and DMs I think they have a lot of people who say they have been customers of the courses and just been screwed over paying a lot of money and not getting anything in return like. yeah yeah Right, so so that's where it's at right now. The yeah, he's he's raised uh, that amount of money. But what was your overall thoughts about this whole scenario? Because there's been a bunch of videos mm. that all culminated in this in this latest development, Uh, my first thought was that he hasn't actually been sued yet. You know. Yeah, he hasn't. He it's a uh, when you receive a cease and desist uh, letter of demand from lawyers, it can come from. It's basically you can walk to any law firm. I think you maybe pay eight hundred to a thousand dollars and ask them to write a a, a letter of demand lah, basically demanding something. If not, you may be sued. So at this mm-hmm. point, uh, Rishi actually hasn't been sued. Uh, yeah. And I I bring this up as an important point lah. Not because I think um, yeah, it's easy to merely think that oh yeah, wow, it's so bad they're bullying him and stuff like that. But a lot of times, these letters, uh, there, there are people who are trying to protect their business or reputation and they will just throw out these letters. I and mean, they will just like get lawyers to fire off these letters but might not follow up with any real action. Uh, because to actually sue, it's a very expensive, long process that might not even be worth the money and all. Uh. So so in some ways, what I'm saying is that this letter is just an intimidation tactic. Uh, you know? mm. um, so Rishi, okay, he's gone ahead and, and said, and said, yeah, help me raise the money to 
to uh, fight this. Uh. So I'm not casting any explosions on the character or that. Uh, but the, you can choose to ignore the letter of demand and then wait for wait to be uh, issued a writ of summons, uh, which is like basically to, to tell you that you're being sued, uh, right? Mm. Uh, or you can just get another letter to fire back a counter letter of demand or something like that. Uh, if I'm not wrong, uh, if I'm not wrong, based, I'm not a lawyer, but this is, this is probably the plan of action that, that can happen. Uh, you know, so, uh, but it seems like Rishi wants to fight the case. Uh, so yeah. he is pushing for them to, like challenging them to want to sue him, uh, right? Um, I guess he basically wants to not, I think be at the risk of being sued. La. He he doesn't want to be sued. He doesn't want to be sued. But I think But he wants like, to expose one, right the, the marketing the, all the marketing tactics of these gurus and all. That's one thing yeah, he did so, say. Yeah, he, he did he does want to say that. So he wants to do it without the fear of getting sued. And that's from his GoFundMe mm. campaign. La. And I think it's very important that you brought up that he hasn't actually been sued yet. He's gotten yeah. a legal letter asking I mean he posted just the one of five pages mm. um, in his title for the GoFundMe campaign. Um, he did mention the word suing. Yeah. Help me fight against Singapore Amazon guru legal suing by Leap Vista. So so I guess, yeah, it's not super clear. Like, uh, I think fundamentally, I think it's good that he decided to just deep dive. And if you watch his videos, he actually, like for iQuadrant, he actually goes to the extent of uh, interviewing real, real estate agents mm. who kind of, kind of talked about certain claims that the I-Quadrant was making. La. So mm. I think there is substance there. But I think right now, yeah, it's something he he needs to be careful about because mm. just like how we were talking about the previous topic, I think right now the internet, there's a lot of angst towards many different parties. And I think there's definite angst towards these sort of marketing guru claims and all that. La. Mm. But uh, being cognizant that it could very well spiral into something that is just very speculative yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think this 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 is I don't know, I, I, I hope it doesn't go down that path and I hope yeah. something good comes out of this, but it feels like right now it could go either way. La. Yeah, so so sorry for sounding like an old person, la, but I think if he wants to do this, he needs to be hundred percent transparent. Means everything that he gets from the if he's choosing to only show the first page or something like that, he needs to show pages two to five and and, and you know, really put it out there because um there might even be it, as much as that's a cease and desist letter, there might be an offer for how how else he can he might be able to resolve the situation besides taking out his video, whether it's issuing apology or something like that, lah. You know, and and people need to know that these options these options have been made available to him as well, and not because in some ways him already him saying that he's getting sued, I feel is a bit of a stretch. Uh, at this point, it's a mm. makes me doubt the huh? Are you really being sued or or what lah? You know, so. Pages two to five are, are still pretty pretty important, even if they're just filled with legalese. Like, I think the importance is to to really be fully transparent about this what's going on, this process and all Because uh, you are I mean if you want to play in a court of public opinion, then you need to you need to present your evidence to the public. Uh. Um I'm not saying that there's anything shady going on that that you know that twenty thousand dollars is gonna be used for something else other than a legal letter demand, which will not cost twenty thousand dollars, but uh, it's it's just something he needs to be aware of, like You know that that people will judge him based on what he does with the money and and how he handles this issue and how transparent he is and everything, like Right? Yeah, because I mean, I've I'm I'm looking at his Instagram and um 
YouTube and Facebook and I I can't see anything where he shares yeah like the five pages or or really goes into detail uh, because I think right now yeah I'm also not sure is he being sued or not and I think that sort of ambiguity can be a uh, can be tricky la, can be yeah. tricky yeah because I uh, I think we can refer back to one of our favorite YouTubers history history um, yeah. many years ago I think he was also a, a public YouTube commentator like he would react to cringy videos and things like that and then eventually he also faced a situation where he was sued by another YouTuber for I think yeah defamation and, and maybe copyright infringement and stuff like that la. so mm. the thing about it that he pointed out was that when you want to fight a case uh, stating fair use you know or, or that, that you are just fairly commentating on someone else's video you're not copying their video per se even just fighting that case itself it's not like you can just walk into a court and say, you know, uh, this is fair use and then you're done already. You still need to walk into court. You still need to hire lawyers. You still need to get someone to write your, your case out and argue your case for you that this is fair use. And so regardless of whatever happens or whether you are right or wrong, you will end up spending like, you know, upwards of thousands of dollars to fight the case. La. So if you want to yeah. fight... So History Street was one of the biggest YouTubers at that point in time and they raised, I think, a few hundred thousand dollars and then other YouTubers chipped in everything to help as well. But but and and it ended up like, you know, um there was a little bit of controversy about how the money was used and I think um they they supposedly set up a fund to help other YouTubers fighting similar cases like this, but I'm not sure what happened to the fund also and and things like that. Like. So there was a lot of um people questioning the the outcome of that of that fundraising and, and things like that. So 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 it's just you once you're going down this route, you kinda of gotta be careful about what you're putting out there because it will always be out there on the internet and someone will, will want to dive deeper into it. So one day someone will be doing a... you do Now you're doing the expose videos, right? One day someone will be doing the expose videos about the money that was crowdfunded and blah, 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 things like that, you know? Mm. But I guess what you're saying is that, yeah, he needs to be very careful about this once you're crowdfunding, right? But but what do you think of, of what he did for the videos kind of going deep dive into this and certain things that he mentioned in the videos, like? Uh okay, I only I think I, I I watched a bit of I I watched the the that Leap Vista video and also the I Quadrant videos, um mm. so I guess the Leap Vista one is a bit like they're not they're not a scam lah right they're not I I would say it's not a scam it's basically like um let's say like you and I we 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 do a course we say we we're gonna teach you how to become go viral on YouTube we're gonna teach mm. you how to make YouTube videos and you go viral. And then people pay $2,000, $3,000. They come for a course and then we show them our tactics and, and yeah, la, they come away either happy or un- unhappy or something, la, right? Um, but the truth is anyone can go on YouTube and Google how to go how to make a YouTube channel, how to go viral, right? You, the mm. exact information that we, we would teach also, um, it might not exactly be the same, but it could be, you could find very close replicas on it on, on, on the internet la. but does that make us yeah. what we teach a scam not necessarily la, right? because we have had the experience of actually you know uh, being YouTubers and, and you know so called making viral videos and stuff like that so one person could value that much more than the another person la. so, so mm. what I'm saying is that um, don't, like we, we might think that oh whatever this this Benjamin is teaching is uh is nonsense just because I can find it on the internet like, just because I can find it on YouTube, but it might actually be of value to someone else like, because you know I don't know maybe they they think Benjamin is 
is a very uh or solid character or anything like that. So mm. to it's just that the way the way the video was presented, it had this you know internet marketing gurus exposed and almost there was this, I mean there's definitely a sensationalist aspect to it. That makes it sound mm. like you were exposing a scam, and a scam is a criminal thing, lah. Right? It's a very clear. It's a very clear line, whether it's a criminal thing or not, lah. Whereas this one, I think it's just, yeah, lah. Someone over they they probably overdid the marketing, which is irritating, but it's not illegal, lah. Right? It's irritating, yeah. but it's not illegal. So, I, I guess what what the if 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 I was Benjamin's side and all his lawyers or what. What I'd Benjamin be is the lead vista guy. The lead vista guy, yeah, yeah. If I was his, uh. if I was him or his lawyers, I would be arguing that the way the guy sensationalized and portrayed my services is as if I'm, I'm akin to like a scam, lah. You know, and that's that's what is def- defamatory about the the whole thing. Uh. So so that's mm. where I felt like um I you can't immediately say that it's a slam dunk that that Rishi will win the case if he goes to court. That's why it's it's also a risky proposition for him to. To you know, like want to fight all the way and everything, uh. Yeah, I think there was one video. So I, I, based on so I watched all his videos. The one about Lee Vista, the I Quadrant, the one about the quick fast ads, uh, being a scam potentially. Mm. And yeah, I think right now, as much as I think those ads are fucking annoying, and I think those businesses, I don't know how much value they provide for how much they charge. Mm. Um. I there's nothing that seems like yeah like what you said it's illegal um the one that he did on the fast cash ads being being like uh Singapore fast cash ads on YouTube is a scam that one I felt had a bit more uh weight because the video that he was looking at was one of these ads where it's a compilation of people holding up their phones and showing how much they earn mm-hmm. uh, over the past month mm-hmm. or like reacting to finding out how much they earn on their laptop and yeah. he found matching clips in actual compilations of people mm. finding out they got admitted to Harvard or Yale or Princeton. Yep, yep, and yep. they were holding up their phone that shows the admissions, but basically they photoshopped like a bank statement where some of the yeah. copy was also Lorem Ipsum. So so calling that out, I think, okay, that one is quantifiable. Um, mm. That, okay, this is not what they are saying it is. But the videos of the courses, the only thing that I think is that are they preying on people who are vulnerable? Because, you know, a few podcasts mm. ago, we talked about how that one... Was it that that beautician products or something they pressured this yeah. uh, like not the most educated uh cleaner into buying products right yeah and kind of kind of uh forcing her coercing her are these people doing the same thing with these ads where they are maybe catering towards people who are desperate for cash and all that la? do you feel that there's there's something there I mean that it's a bit okay this is where yeah la, you just have to be careful about the terms used like. Uh, remember the Nigerian scam where someone sends yeah. an email and yeah. oftentimes it's a very badly worded email and you yeah. know I used to think that oh, it's, it must be written by idiots huh? there's no way that English is so bad or that but then I think later there was like an argument that actually that's the whole point of it that it's so badly worded that if anybody still takes this email seriously because it's so badly worded it, it's a self-selection process. Uh, means this person is probably not the smartest person in the world. Uh. Not saying that yeah. they should be scammed, but it's just the fact The fact on the matter is that they, they read a really badly worded email and actually somehow still thought it was true. Uh, and mm. probably there needs to be more education to stop this from happening, but but it, it happens. And it's it's a process of them weeding out people who actually think before they, they click through on those links. Uh. So in some ways also, 
I mean, these guys, they throw up. It's like any any advertising, right? You know, like any advertising about any kind of thing, like like yeah. McDonald's selling you an advertisement saying like your your social life would be so much better if you hang, hung out mm. at McDonald's and ate spicy McNuggets with people. I mean, that's you'll probably die of a heart attack alone in your in the corner stuffed with McNuggets more than anything, like right. So, yeah. so do we say that they are preying on the vulnerable? No, like, It's just it's just part of the marketing, the brand image, and all that that they're going for, like. So yeah. I, I I think, uh, I can't I can't see a very strong case of just saying that you know they are like specifically targeting vulnerable people, la. Yeah, I think I think that's where it gets tricky because. Like for me also, I, I look at it, I'm like, okay, they are they are catering to a certain demographic, but what they're doing fundamentally is not illegal. Yeah. yeah. Um and it's it's compared to the case where the cleaner was physically kind of coerced into buying stuff, right? Yeah. That's not cool. Yeah. I think if someone goes for these courses and that's where they fucking gang up and like force you to sign something before you leave, that's also not cool. Yeah. But this YouTube ads thing is just one of those things that I think regulation People, uh, the regulation hasn't caught up. Mm. Um, and I think the the biggest thing is like just uh, education or or just being wary of the people around you and what they might be they might be consuming in terms of the online world. It's like, you know, the warnings for the scams uh, yeah. that you see at 7-Eleven and all, don't fall for this, don't fall for that. Yeah. This, these YouTube ads kind of like, I think they, yeah, they're not, they're not illegal. Ultimately, they're just mm. an ad uh, and you still have the choice to to buy it lah, yeah. which is where it gets tricky lah. Yeah, and 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 um, before anyone says that, I mean, yeah lah, this is exactly this is this is a commerce, alright. You market what you want, and then if you want, if the people buy it, then the people buy it lah. It's not a thing. I, again, I would remind you that there can be regulation put in place to like what Harish mm. said. Like when you buy cigarettes, there's a warning there, right, telling you that mm-hmm. this will harm, this will harm. So there can be a warning that a lot of these claims of, of financial freedom and success are, subs, are su- unsubstantiated by us and proceed at your own risk. You know, maybe before the ad plays or, or as an overlay like how Trump's tweets now, every time he tweets something about the election, Twitter puts out a very big thing that, yeah. you know, yeah, you want real information, please check out this source and, and this is not verified at all. Lah. Right. So, so that can, and, and, and we, we've seen it happen, like, I mean, in places where, like, like for example, I think Singapore this year has started to clamp down on uh, the use of, of like uh, closing down sale and and fire sale. Everything must go kind of advertising, at retail outlets, uh, because mm. if it's not true that you're closing down or that it's a fire sale, you are no longer allowed to use it, lah. And that is, yeah. you know, that's that is an an improvement in the the legislation about advertising, right? So maybe yeah. to some extent there needs to be that kind of. Uh, advertising legislation on the internet ads as well. Uh, and so, uh, again, the tech companies also, I think uh, they need to take a bit more responsibility for this as well. Uh, because like you say, it could be reaching, uh, the, the the internet allows us to to target very specific mm. demographics and they could be, yeah, for all you know, let's say for this, how it could work. Uh, like someone could buy an ad saying, I want this to reach out to people who are doing searches on things like uh, how to get rid of how to get out of bank debt? How to get out get out mm. of credit card debt? Then this this are then this video is played to you, and that is that will not be a good thing, lah. You know, it, it just yeah, la, Then you are really targeting a more vulnerable section of society, lah. Yeah, and I mean same way. 
it it sounds like it's well, it's a lot of work for regulation, but unfortunately that needs what is is what is needed. And even like the thing you gave about the cigarettes, right? I think there's a there's a size of the image of like the the cancer lung or something. There's a yeah. minimum size, like it can't yeah. just be in the corner or something, like. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, again, where it gets tricky is that YouTube exists in the on the internet and not mm. under the jurisdiction of any one government, like, which is why mm. it's so hard to enforce these sort of regulations. So, I mean. I I really do hope something good comes out of this. Um, yeah. The in in some way the fact that his videos have gotten hundreds of thousands of views, I hope it also is something that people can share with people they know who may be susceptible to take on these courses like that. Mm, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think this is a developing thing. Who knows yeah. what will happen in the next week? So the uh, question is, have you have you donated already? Uh not yet. Mm, mm. Why why not? Yeah. Why not? Uh I think I wanted to find out more and digest the whole thing mm. uh, and have this podcast first uh, to kind of just, just yeah, make sure that I, I understand fully. Because I know, I know Nas Daily has donated and voiced his support for Rishi mm. already. I think Rishi yeah. posted something about it. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it's reaching a lot of people, which is a good thing. And I think yeah. we also, yeah, we also want people to, to understand more about this topic. But then, you know, whether you want to donate, whether you want to donate, I think it's a personal decision also. But uh, like you also, I also feel like mm, I need a little bit more information about it like, before I, I jump into it also. Like. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the fact that we are talking about it also, people, I mean, I'm assuming that not everyone listening to us would be aware of this. So this is also, I mean, that's why it's, it's a it's a health, I think it's it's good that this is being brought to light uh, and people yeah. can talk about it and and that's where we also want to hear the thoughts of, of our listeners on our Reddit about what you make of this whole thing and and I, yeah just watch the videos first read up as much as you can yeah yeah yeah, yeah we're not we're not being haters uh. we're just also trying to we're trying to make people think critically about, about what you see on the internet yeah yeah <laughs> yeah before people start shitting shitting on us and saying why, yeah. why don't you support and all I mean they're cheapskates yeah, we, we, cheapskates they're just justifying me cheapskates <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just my big cheapskate, cheapskate. I want but my, yeah, I, mean, I want my Panettone bread and and my iPhone twelve. That's why I can't afford to contribute to this campaign. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, it would be great to to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. Uh, and now, on to the third and final segment, which is our one shock thing. Yeah. So what's yeah, your what's, one shock thing? Okay, my my one shock thing is uh um is this app that. I heard about a few months ago, but I think like last month or something, they actually went live. It's called Clip and Drop. Mm. Have I told you about it? Clip Drop, Clip Drop. Is it about the... Um, there wasn't it a few episodes ago we were talking about about some some apps or something that you use to keep track of your tabs or something like that? No. That that was a, a a Google extension. So so basically, this app right, uh, it's mm. called Clip Drop. You download like a desktop client. Yep. You download the app, and you know like one of the anno- most annoying thing if you have to deal with pictures or posters is finding PNG files with no background, right? Mm-hmm. You know you have to Google. You want a you know fucking cat. You want a mug or something, yep. and then you have to find something. If you can't find something, you need to go to Photoshop or Canva and remove the background. Mm. What this allows you to do, right, is you take a photo or something actually near you like yep. your cup or your mouse yep. and you just uh, point it towards your monitor yeah. and it appears there in PNG form. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. It's like the best use of augmented reality I have ever seen and you should fucking try it because when I mm. saw it go live, I was like, okay, this 
probably is not going to work that well. But I tried it. It fucking blew my mind, man. Is it like a Russian app or anything? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. But uh, they had, even their demo video is fucking ridiculous, man. This guy just, yeah, he takes a photo of this plant uh, and he points it towards his screen and it appears on the screen. And I did it and it's the exact same fucking thing. It really? blew my mind. It's almost a bit freaky, yeah. So I think the app is in beta now. You can download yeah. it. Uh, I think that you can do like three scans for free. Anything mm. beyond that, you have to pay. But just try it. It's it's, it's fucking ridiculous, man. Also, be, beyond three scans, you have to pay. So it, it, what, it's, it literally scans stuff. As in, it takes a photo yeah. of what you have on your thing and then it removes the background mm. and it transfers it to your computer without having to airdrop or anything. Got it, got it. Okay. Yeah, you just watch the demo video. It's uh it's in it's in the show notes and it fucking blew my mind, man, because it, it, it just feels like okay, it's augmented reality, but reverse augmented reality, and it's like the best use of it I've seen before. Like, because I'm not a fan of Pokemon Go and all that stuff, like, sure, But this sure. one just blew my mind, like. It's like magic like that, yeah. Oh, it sounds it sounds pretty awesome. No, because yeah, for yeah. us as content creators, uh, getting pictures in PNG form is always a, a very big deal, right? especially when you're doing thumbnails and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And just the, the user interface, the way you, you you do it also, it's mind-blowing, man. I mean, everyone can take a photo, maybe use Canva on the phone and remove background and uh, transfer it to your computer. But the re- background removal power is also damn good. And the way you transfer the photos, it's also, it just feels them slick. Uh, like, it's like It's like some modern... Uh, like twenty thirty inventions, yeah. Oh, I see. it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Oh, pretty awesome. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, cool. My my one shock thing is something that I desire, but I obviously still haven't had a chance to get yet. Is the PlayStation Five, which is finally mm. officially released already. Uh, is this big? In ca- in case you don't know, is the latest, uh, generation of of game consoles to hit. And some people say it's the last generation of game consoles, because uh, after this the technology surely will catch up and, and everything will just be integrated in your smart TV or your phone or whatever already. Lah. So, mm. so but now this is the latest generation of Sony's uh, PlayStation consoles that still, you know, allows you to play Blu-ray discs uh, and, 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 you know, it has all the latest uh, graphics cards and everything in it. So, I think from what I understand, it's been the pre-orders have been sold out and it's really almost, it'll be near impossible or probably all the way until Christmas to actually secure PlayStation 5. Uh, yeah. So so it's a, it's something that, that hopefully that hopefully I get get to my hands on sooner rather than later. Because apparently you get to play your old games, your older games on it as well, your PS4 games on your PS5. And then it's, it's now, nowadays since we're staying at home a lot more because of COVID, uh yeah, home entertainment is a much bigger slice of of whatever we want to watch. Uh. Oh, and uh, what? Oh, sorry, what do you say? But is there a single defining trait of the PS Five that's fucking game changing? Uh, I think I I I I've only understood this recently about ray tracing. Uh. Ray tracing apparently is the big the big generational leap that that uh that that defines the last generation and this generation. Specifically, mm. I think it's to do with uh like especially with reflections. So let's say you are Spider Man and then you are, you are like you know you are jumping around the city, right? Imagine as you swing past a glass building, being able to see your own reflection in the glass as you swing past it, lah, yeah. building by building. So that I think was not um not easy or not possible in the previous generation, 
but now like uh, ray tracing allows that to be com- you know computed them fast so everything looks real like puddles will have reflections you know like uh, glass always has reflections even if it's like a f- just for flash and things like that so so it, it makes a very um, it makes a huge difference in the how how your your eye perceives whether something is real or, or not lah. So so it's quite mm. and so stuff like hair stuff like the glassiness of your eyeballs and stuff like that will also be very uh will appear very different no? and and the, the the big jump is is because these are games you know so they are reacting the computer is reacting in real time to to what you are moving on a joystick so it's not like uh you're watching a animation where they have all the time in the world to you know to storyboard it and draw it out and then then throw a lot of uh animators at it to make it as real as possible. Uh. This is all has to mm. be done in the computer. Uh. That's that's I what see. that's what's cool about it. But yeah, I wanted to cool. say that 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 yeah like, it's in time also for Christmas because I believe Game of Thrones uh 4K Blu-ray Ultra HD the whole series is coming out like shortly. I think the end of November or something. Is it? Yeah 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 so finally you'll get to see uh Game of Thrones in like 4K Ultra HD. There's like, never been a 4K version? Not uh not this kind of official release of the full series lah. Oh shit. I think you can buy individual seasons and, and stuff like that, but I'm not even sure if they're the full like 4K HD ultra HD everything. Cause remember the 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 last season as bad as it was, there were some really epic like um fight scenes, uh. fights and battles at at some point when I was watching, I was like, oh my god, it's so dark, I can't see anything at all. Yeah. And probably because yeah. of the it's probably because of the streaming quality that I was watching it on uh. So mm. so if you finally get to watch it in 4K UHD then then you see how as it, as it was intended to be seen by the by the filmmakers themselves uh. I see I see. Yeah. Cool. So you're going to get it? Uh, or you don't know? I don't know yet. Uh, depends on whether I get a PS5 no. That's the thing. I see I see. Yeah. That's my <laughs> one shock wish list thing. Yeah. Okay, cool cool cool. Cool. All right. And then after this we'll be back on set, but we will talk to you guys twice a week next week as well. Yep. Cool. Bye-bye.